welcome to another episode of Paranormal The New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, here trying to make the world seem a little more normal. Does it ever happen? No, no, but that's okay, because as always, I brought guests to try to help me accomplish this goal, and my guests today are Jen and Joe from the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I don't know if I say 222 or 222, but... <laughs> that's good. But first things first, how are you both doing tonight? I'm doing great. Doing wonderful. Doing great. I'm glad to hear great it. Great to be on the show. I've seen a bunch of your shows, and uh, they're really good. So, hey, I'm happy to be here. Well, glad I can get you on. When you Whenever I get a message from a paranormal investigating team, I'm always like, of course I want you on my show. Why wouldn't I? I love paranormal <laughs> investigators. but. So let me start this off and you guys can answer in any order you want for this one yep. or for any of my questions really, but what got you into the paranormal? Well, I'll start. Um, I have always had a fascination for the paranormal ever since I was little, like my dad back in the seventies would take me to the library and we get books on the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot. And I'd always be fascinated by ghosts and the show. Remember the show In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy? Kind of, of sparked my journey. I always had a fascination for treasure hunting and mysteries. So as I got older, um, back in around 2008, 2009, I started ghost hunting. So going to some of the um, famously haunted locations such as Mansfield um, and, you know, just different places around uh, United States. Joe was at that time really getting into podcasting. And it was where podcasting was kind of emerging and coming out. And so Joe's like, you're really into ghost stuff. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm into podcasting. Why don't we do about podcasting about the paranormal? I'm like, okay. So we um, just one day we just decided to do it and jumped right in. And seven years later, going on our eighth season, we are still putting out a weekly show and 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 still learning every single day something new about the paranormal. Oh, that's that's why I love this topic. You never stop learning. There's always never. something new. I mean, mm -hmm. even if it's just a theory that someone else has, like you're still learning because it's another idea put in your head, which I have a lot of those in my head right now for paranormal. So it's just mm -hmm. constantly swirling up there like what if, but. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, and I, I was, I was always into, like Jen said, the UFOs and space and that. And I actually had a shared death experience with my best friend, Jackie, that really propelled me into the paranormal and the ghosty. I shouldn't say the paranormal because it's all intertwined, but it really propelled me into finding out more about the afterlife and what actually happens after we die. Because it was a profound, pretty profound thing that happened to me. And um, I'm writing a book about it right now. And hopefully we'll do like a documentary about it also in the future. But yeah, I was uh, had a best friend that passed away and we actually had a shared death experience. So it's a long story, but, you know, it, it's really made me think of what happens after we die. And, you know, is there an afterlife? Do we still exist in some? some way and still be able to communicate with the living and it really opened us up and like jen said here we are going next month i believe it is or july it'd be july. our season number eight with over 350 some shows and only one repeat and not yeah. one missed week either so that's <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty impressive because i mean life happens <laughs> like right? to, put, to, to put a point yeah. life happens and i yeah. mean i mm -hmm. i record so, so many times a week just to make sure i always have stuff set to go in case something does happen to me but mm -hmm. it's and hi mm -hmm. valerie sorry I, I didn't get your comment earlier but hello thank you for watching but yeah i <laughs> even, mean even when joe had a stroke we still we still did the show <laughs> mm -hmm. yep Got the scars to prove it. Yep, yep. But yeah, it's, you know, the show must go on no matter what. That's true. Exactly. But luckily exactly. we had some in the can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Um, so, but yeah, we me... we've covered everything. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I want to hear this part. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was going to say we've covered everything from ghosts to Bigfoot to aliens to near death experiences, after death experiences. Um, our show that just came out two days ago was about um, soul transfer and what they call walk-ins when a soul leaves the body and a new soul comes in and basically takes that body over. So it's pretty interesting that you have to link it in your show notes there so everybody can check it out. Yeah, I'll have to because the only thing I could think of that compares to that <laughs> in my head is Chucky. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> the movie Chucky. Like, that's that's yeah. the only thing I could think of. Like, I mean, I guess that kind of would. Mm -hmm. I mean, reincarnation in a way, I guess, would be soul transfer almost. Mm -hmm. But, but I think you're talking about more of like a takeover much, yeah, of the body than is... like than like. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, does it happen? Takeover. How often does it happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or well, I mean, yeah, we were. We were talking, to, oh, we lost Joe. Well, anyways, you know, one of the things that we were talking about is like, you ever felt like you woke up and you have a fresh start, like, or you just get to the point where it's like, you got to make a change now and like everything completely changes or, you know, people that have had transplants all of a sudden that they're feeling um, uh, the likes or the, um, you know, have a certain penance for maybe the foods that the person who they got the transplant from all of a sudden you know they take on some of their mannerisms so you know there's a lot of different aspects of of the soul uh transfer um so we thought it was a really fascinating topic and so we uh lamented on that this week yeah that's that is an interesting topic and hey isaac glad to see you Hi, watching isaac. but i mean yes i mean so I don't know. Soul transfer. I don't, I mean, it almost makes me think of like demons. It makes me think of like a demon mm -hmm. taking over a body type of thing, or sure. maybe, maybe even an angel, maybe even an angel because angels supposedly okay. can do that too. I mean, but well, you, I, part of it is, is, you know, a lot of times that happens when you're in a very um, tumultuous emotional state, right? When your barriers are down or, um, you may be suffering from like depression or anxiety. It's very easy for those type of entities to come in and, and maybe do an oppression or um, a possession or, um, you know, I, I had that experience when, after I ghost hunted at a haunted prison, I was not myself. Like it, it took about two weeks after I was there and just started feeling really weird and feel like myself, but like there was something inside me just pulling myself down. I couldn't even explain it. And so Joe and I went to a conference. We were doing a paranormal conference and this native American shaman walked up to me and he's like, you have an attachment. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I got to break that for you. So he did some cleansing and prayers and it was like instantly it was gone. I felt like myself again. It was the most bizarre thing. I can't explain it. Interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've been down the dumps, as they say, but I don't think I've ever had an, something attached to me per se. I mean, but I also, I don't know. The paranormal world doesn't like to interact with me from what I've seen. Mm. I mean, I, I live in a haunted house and the damn spirit has not yet once appeared to me or really? and he only talked and he always said, he only said thank you to me once when I first moved in. And I was talking to investigators about what I did in the house, but oh, other than that, cool. like, other than that, like nothing, no interactions whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I see their orbs in my cameras all the time, but it's just like I do a podcast. You have to know I do a podcast. <laughs> I've been told I've been told you're in the room when I do it sometimes by mediums. But have you ever had anything paranormal happen while you're taping your podcast, like through the electronics? No, no, I, I know other paranormal podcasters who've had like stuff like that happen to them with spirits yeah. in their house, but no, I, I don't know. He doesn't either. He doesn't care or he just, I think he stays, I don't know. I think he stays in the garage. I think it's where he stays like 24 seven because we rarely think... catch stuff in the kitchen anymore or any other part of the house. 
Do you think he was attached to the house of the land or did he come in from maybe one of your investigations somewhere else? I don't do investigations personally because I just, oh, okay. I, between working full time, having mm -hmm. two young kids and two big mastiffs, I have very little time <laughs> to do anything with podcasting. Right. So my free time is podcasting and or video games once in a while. Okay. But yeah. so, I mean, investigating is not, investigating is not my realm per se i mean right. i would i'm down to do it but i just part of me also is like this is how you get stuff to come home with you i don't want right. to go do that right <laughs> yeah so we, we were at uh west virginia penitentiary and joe and i you know it's it's a very 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 strange and eerie place there's a native american mound directly across hence the name moundsville um the famous sugar shack in the basement, which was basically just a dirt floor basement that they would lock prisoners in with absolutely no guards. It was a free for all. So there was a lot of dark negative energy. And I think that's where I picked up my attachment from because after Joe and I left, we didn't do any cleansing or tell the spirits to stay there. <laughs> because we were so tired from the investigation because it went all night long that we just wanted to get back to the hotel and 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 sleep because um it was a very long night but interesting you know enough it's very easy for you know people to get attachments and it may not be something you know very heavy or or quote unquote demonic it could just be a negative entity that is, you know, sometimes we call them energy vampires where they're basically, and people can be like this too. I hear your dogs barking. <laughs> oh yeah. That, and I, and as soon as, as soon as you said, as soon as anybody says energy vampire, I think of Colin Robinson from uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just very um, easy for somebody who's susceptible or, to um you know pick up these attachments and and you have to be very clear to the entities to tell them to stay where they are they can't come home with you they can't attach to you um i've had multiple encounters here in my house so i bought this house 17 years ago it's over 100 years old i'm in my basement right now and this is my sale closet over here i i sell thrift and sell online but oh, okay. upstairs, I've had full body apparitions. I've had dark shadow figures like go right in between Joe and I. We were standing there talking one day and this shadow just moved right between us. And it was it was solid. And when I, oh, I got goosebumps right now. Something's, <laughs> you might see something happen behind me. So just let me know if you guys see anything behind me <laughs> happening. Um but I've ha heard whistles in the house. I've heard other people have whistles. I've, um, I feel energy all the time. Sometimes I think my, well, at first when my dad passed away, I could feel his and sense him here. I haven't sensed him here in a long time. Um, but I had a team come in that I worked closely with and they investigated the house and they found multiple spirits here. Um, the, the place that I'm at is called the Five Points area. And back, you know, 200 years ago, this area was called the Great Black Swamp. So Toledo off of Lake Erie, I'm in Toledo, Ohio, by the way, um, was a giant swamp. It was like 20,000 acres worth of swamp and it was Native American land and they would not go into this the swamp because of the negative spirits. The area that I'm in was a path or a route um, where they traveled. There's a meeting point, probably two miles from my house, and where the Hopewell and the Adena would meet, and they would have, um, I don't know the exact word for it, but they would come together. They would do trading. Um, there was a natural spring there, and the well's still there. And so this main area where I'm at is like a corridor for spirits. There's, you know, we're, we have limestone. I'm around a lot of water. There's a lot of railroad tracks. There's a lot of things that conduct energy through here. 
So I have this team come in and there's spirits that kind of come through this lane, I guess you would say, and they kind of stop off at like different area or houses around here. So I had this really interesting um, spirit in my house and I don't think he's here now, but he was making his presence known. He was a young man that in the 80s, himself and his pregnant girlfriend were murdered at a Burger King not far from my house. Well, I don't know how, if he was just coming down the corridor or how, you know, maybe he sensed a beacon of like, there's somebody who can hear me or see me. Um, he ended up at my house and, you know, when my friend was telling me, this is what I'm picking up on we were doing an investigation in my bedroom upstairs and all of a sudden I got really, really lightheaded. I fell back against the wall and I slid down the floor. It took all my energy out. And this young man who was killed, um, you know, was coming through and saying, you know, like, I just kind of want to be um, remembered and recognized. And so after we did the investigation, I went and started doing some digging because I wanted to find out if this was, you know, truly something that did happen. And back in the 80s, he, his name was Angel. He was murdered with his pregnant girlfriend at the Burger King, like a mile from my house. So it was just really interesting um, area. I've had um, other psychic mediums tell me that there's um, two females, a male spirit here a couple dogs and cats, which I never see. Um, but they don't want to be recognized. They just want to be here, which is fine. I don't care. You know, as long as you're not like scaring me in the middle of the night, which I've had things wake me up in the middle of the night, um, several times. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind that they're here as long as I, they're not scary to me. Um, yeah, it makes, yeah. makes sense. And I just yeah. want to say real fast, Hello, Isla. Hello, Charles. Glad to have you guys watching. Nice. Some of my no some of my normal watchers every once in a while. But oh, awesome! It, where you live kind of reminds me of uh, where my wife is originally from, down by the Bridgewater Triangle. Like oh, okay. a lot, of, a lot yeah. of similarities there. Like same thing with the swamp and Native Americans not wanting to mm -hmm. go in to the Huckamuck Swamp because it's an evil place. And yeah, but yeah, they yet, yet they made it more evil because they cursed the land when the white men were killing them out but mm -hmm. yeah so, and there yeah. it's really interesting because from the podcast we found out so much information just about the area that we're in now that part of the swamp back in the early 1900s they were building a bridge over the Maumee River so the Maumee River is like the main tributary that comes from Lake Erie or goes out into Lake Erie so it's like comes from the St. Joe River. It's tied to the Mississippi. You know, all the rivers kind of tie together. When they were building this bridge called the High Level Bridge that goes over this river that cuts through our town, they found giant skeletons in mounds that were along the river banks, which is really interesting because you know, there's so much local legend that don't, the Native Americans wouldn't go in the swamp. They're afraid of the spirits that were in there. So when they um, were building this in the early 1900s, they found these giant roses or giant skeletons. The skulls had double rows of um, jaws, teeth. They found them over by the Toledo Yacht Club also, which is probably... Um, I don't know, about five miles down the road on the bank of the uh, Lake Erie. So it's interesting that they were afraid of what was in the swamp. And then, you know, there was mounds built with these burials in it. They excavated it, found these bones. Supposedly, the Smithsonian came in and took them. It could have been the government. Who knows? Um, it was the government. It was the government. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> they, yeah, loved the, they loved it. They love to take giant skeletons yeah. like they mm -hmm. love to. And it's so interesting because Ohio, excuse me, if you go and you research giant skeletons in Ohio, you will find all of these old newspaper articles back from the early um, or late 1800s into the early 1900s in 
Tiffin, Ohio, Toledo, Ohio, Bowling Green, Ohio, all of these towns in and around our area and the Great Lakes. And if you research further, the amount of burial mounds in the state of Ohio, there was there's over 2,000 documented mounds, possibly more, but some of them just get destroyed, right? Like, you know, people move in and they clear the land and um, we have a very famous one called the Serpent Mound, which is um, kind of in the middle of Ohio. And it is if you ever look it up, it's a huge park. And these mounds are giant. I mean, like you can walk into the, the main circle area. They don't let you go on top of the mounds, but they've excavated them. And they found that the Native Americans had... like use them to bury on top of what was already there. So when they're excavating these different layers, they're finding things that are going back, you know, tens of thousands of years and finding giant um, weaponry and giant mm. jewelry. I mean, things that would a normal person, like, you know, I think most of us in America aren't, you know, over six foot. Um, but, you know, these things were made for seven to eight to nine to 10 foot people. And it's just fascinating. It's like how you go down that rabbit hole. You start with, you know, there's a ghost in my house and you end up in, a, in a, you know, looking into a Native American burial ground that's, you know, 100 miles from my house. And I, I don't know. It's just it's so fascinating. Um you know, having the podcast and being able to find out all of these different and strange and unusual stories. It's, it's like preserving the history of all of these different um, locations and, and ghost stories and legends. And, you know, I could go on for hours, but I won't. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, oh, it's, it, it's fascinating. It truly is fascinating. And I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's funny. I'm from Massachusetts and yet I don't hear that many, like, stories around me of like this type of stuff at all like mm -hmm. it's, you'd think i would because yeah. old history but then again yes. midwest was more like not settled for a long time compared to out here so maybe there was more yeah. chance for things and i don't know it's weird all out in the midwest there's all these giant skeletons have been found over the last couple hundred years and it makes you think because i mean yeah nephilim were supposedly killed mm -hmm. off in a flood according right. to historical records and biblical records. But what if they weren't all killed? What if they knew how to get into the cave systems in America, at least, to yeah. protect themselves? Yeah, I uh, mean, our area here, you know, we're, we have salt mines that run from Detroit all the way to Cleveland. And you can literally drive in these salt mines underneath the Great Lakes from one city to the to another. So, you know, you have something that's highly conductive. You have a cave system. Um, we found, um, you know, in Ohio, what they call the, um, oh, let me think. Uh, and Joe has a, like a replica of them, but they're, oh, the Newark Holy Stones. So basically they found these stones that were buried with ancient, um, Israeli writing on them from like 10,000 years ago. So, you know, it's very possible that, you know, people were exploring or there could have been, um, you know, offshoots or branches of different races. I mean, look at, look at Bigfoot, you know, you know, it's very possible. I mean, we're in a very super forested area here. Oh, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, you don't realize how much forest is there and how much is unexplored. It's very possible that there could have been little clusters of, you know, ra different races of giants or, you know, Sasquatches or Bigfoots um, that have been undetected for so long. Now, I, do I think there's still the Nephilim alive? I don't think so. I think we nah. would have discovered well, it. There maybe one or two little clans. I mean, there is reports of them being in caves in Iran or one of those Middle Eastern countries that um, they had yeah, I mean, uh, there, soldiers there, 
battled them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, supposedly Iraqi or Iran soldiers killed a giant not long ago. So, I mean, mm -hmm. which yeah. my question is now is where the hell's the body? But I'm sure the government swooped in. The men in black swooped in and took that one, whatever, as they're, as they're called nowadays, khaki men. But they <laughs> they swept right in and took that one out. But, I mean, it's just... Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I heard a story about a giant being photographed on top of a mountain in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, I do giants still exist? I mean, if they do, they're very endangered. That's all I can say. Yeah. If, they, if, if they still exist, they're not... I mean you're not going to roam into the woods and come across a village of giants. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like out of fairy tale or something like it's not going to, but, but if, is there a few lone ones here and there that live in the woods? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And we don't know what their lifespan is. You know, they could have a 200 year lifespan or, um, you know, their reproductive gestation could be, you know, two years. So maybe they have a, a 200 year or 300 year lifespan. We, we won't, we don't know. It's kind of like the, the whole Bigfoot theory is like, um, there could be small clusters. There could be, um, uh, you know, protected, but I look at so much information about the native Americans who, um, you know, have had sightings or had had dealings, um, with what they call the wild man or the wild beast on their reservations. They, they leave them be, they leave them at peace. Um, they try, you know, if they have to interact, it's, it's very rare, but I mean, it's very possible to have these little subsets or little clans um, here and there, you know, they travel, you know, they follow the food source or the water source. So it's possible that they are constantly moving just like any, um, you know, pack of, um, say wild gorillas or great apes. I mean, it's just 150 years ago, they found a new species. Yes. So, yes. you know, it's very I mean, possible. I mean, I am a huge believer that, um, Bigfoot is giganticus. And that mm -hmm. it was just left over from the caveman era, and it was, it's just been around. I mean, it, it, humans were killing it, and that's what people thought happened to it is that humans killed it out. So, I've always been a big believer that that's just what they are. They grew hair because they're living in the wild and they, they evolved to grow hair. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or they always did, who knows? I mean, we've only seen drawings, we haven't seen, not like we're gonna get pictures from that far back or a body, even, but mm -hmm. besides skeletons. But, I mean, it's just, I think it's what it is. I don't. Could they be extraterrestrial in origin? Maybe. I have a theory. I have a theory that ties into it as well. But yes. I mean, I just I don't like the I don't like when people say like, oh, they're ultra terrestrial, which mm -hmm. you know they they come from other dimensions. I don't. Right. I can't buy into that. I just can't. I mean, people have killed them in the past. Unfortunately, people have seen them move, and I mean, yeah. And it's not like they leave. Like if if you see one in your backyard. Ten to one, you're gonna see it again at some point. It may not be right, right away, but you'll see you'll see it come around again at some point. It's not just hopping in out the dimensions like, oh, forgot these uh foods over here. I'm gonna go take those. <laughs> but no, I mean it's just yeah. I, I mean it's you know, there's uh, did you ever hear the famous case of the Mount Saint when Mount Saint Helen erupted? I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. I am because I'm 52. But... I, I I think I yeah. know what you're gonna say. I think I know what you're gonna yeah. say. I think I think I have heard it, but for our listeners, we go to go back to it one more time. Yeah. So, um, you know, a famous uh, story or legend was that there was a clan of um, Sasquatches living on Mount St. Helen. And when it erupted, the army went in and um, uh, removed all of the carcasses or bodies. Um, and one of the young men who was in the army at the time, was told never to talk about it. You will, you know, forget what you see. Um, but he did tell a story eventually, you know, like 40 years later, uh, that there was, you know, this, this clan living up there. They knew they were up there. And when the explosion happened that they had to go up and, and retrieve the bodies and they took them away to someplace unknown, um, you know, probably for, research or, or whatever it is dissection yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, people don't understand how, how much vastness there is in the United States that hasn't even been tracked through or discovered. Like Joe and I, this is really interesting. Joe and I went to this place in Pennsylvania called the Black Cross. So it's this way out of the way area. We were coming from a um, ghost hunt or a paranormal convention. I can't even remember because we travel through there all the time. And we stopped at this place called the Black Cross. Now this is a, um, you know, one of those like historical markers that you see on the side of the road or maybe um, back, you know, in different places. It was very out of the way, but we wanted to go see it. So what it was, was a um, area of the forest and it, it was very expansive that um, during the cholera epidemic back in, I want to say like the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s, there was a bunch of immigrants that had come over um, to build the railroad going through Pennsylvania. They caught yellow fever or cholera or a mix of both and died. Well, because they weren't um, baptized or different religions, they weren't able to be buried in a regular cemetery. So this farmer donated a part of his land so they could bury them in a mass grave. So there's a historical marker there. And so we stopped there because there's rumors of paranormal activity. Um, we get there and you kind of have to walk in maybe 10, 15 yards off of the road to get to the actual spot. Somebody had put up a, um, um, like a memorial. They created yeah. just like a little cement thing. Originally, because it was the railroad workers, they took two railroad tries and made a cross there. That's why they called it the Black Cross. So we go in there. And after you get through the area where the actual cross used to be, it's not there anymore. It fell down or was stolen. Who knows? Um, you go a little bit back into the forest and beyond that it starts going downhill. So it's like just this forested area that just goes on for miles. There's nothing around. We get in there, strange feelings. We felt like we were being watched. Now we know there was, there's no, there was no houses around. There was nobody coming down. It's like a one lane highway. We can, you know, attest that there's nobody around. I start walking back behind going towards the forest. And it was really, really spooky. And I'm getting the chills right now. The entire forest went silent. There was not a bird chirping. There was not a leaf rustling. There was not a squirrel, nothing. It went completely silent. Now that's kind of um, along the lines of like when people have Bigfoot encounters, they experience yeah. that white just noise. So I got a little freaked out. So I am like, okay, I'm going to head back to where the guy's um, Joe and my brother, Joe, and another friend of ours were back where the memorial was and we're standing there and off to the side, there's this like the giant tree stump, you know, cause it's like old, the forest area. And somebody had hung a red ribbon on that tree stump. Well, I look at Joe and he turns and he literally jumped off the ground this far. And I've never seen my brother, Joe. He's a very mild mannered person. Nothing really gets to him. Nothing shocks him. He literally jumped off the ground. A soldier came out of nowhere, out of the stump and lunged at him. And he said it had a red coat on, gray pants, kind of like a hat. And I reacted because I saw him jumping. And it was just the weirdest experience. Like, you know, the whole forest is going quiet. Joe has a paranormal experience. We hightail it out of there afterwards. It shook him for like an hour. And my brother, is, I've never known him to be shook by anything, right? Like he's like, I'm the anti-ghost magnet. Nothing ever happens to me. And then he has this experience. And his, he said his heart was racing. His adrenaline was going for over an hour. And um, so we left there. And, you know, just couldn't explain. Of course, nobody had a camera running, right? Because we were just exploring. <laughs> of course. Right. Um, I think we did capture an EVP there. I'll have to ask Joe if he uh, can get back on. Fortunately, he's uh, on the right? island. He's down in the Caribbean and he's not. He oh. Stuck with his okay. um, 
his uh, Wi-Fi down there. So, um, okay. So, and yes, jo jo just some comments. Take care before we move on. Okay. Uh, jo Josh, I'm glad you agree with me that Bigfoot is not interdimensional. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the Mount St. Helens thing, I actually wanted to talk about that for a second because the story I always heard was that when it happened, a Bigfoot came running out of the woods alive but on fire. And they put Ooh. him out. They put it out. And I heard that they put him in an ambulance and they started driving away with them. And then the two ambulance drivers never heard from again. Wow. That is That's why possible. I I'd love to dig a little deeper into that and and find out. I mean, it could have been two it could have been two separate um incidents, possibly. Mm -hmm. It might just it might yeah. mine mine might just been a random forest fire. It might not have been a the volcano erupting, but who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's yeah. just I mean, but there's so many stories of Bigfoots getting saved by humans. I mean, it's just I don't know anybody who says they don't believe in Bigfoot. I just like look at them like, are you all there? Like, <laughs> are are you are you all there? Because how can you not in this day and age? How can you not? Well, this is this is interesting because Joe and I. <laughs> this is funny. We were having a garage sale one time at his house because we were trying to raise money to go a paranormal convention. So um, we're having a garage sale and we had some of our ghost hunting equipment out and Joe was like wearing his, you know, two, two, two t-shirt. And this guy comes to the garage sale and he's probably in his mid sixties and he's looking at us. We're real weird. Now we're used to weird people coming to our garage sales, right? Like, you know, I don't care. Right. I'll talk to anybody. This guy's looking at us like sideways. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, he's like, do you believe in that stuff? And we're like, well, yeah, we have a show. And we talk about this and we talk about Bigfoot and we talk about ghosts. And he's like, and we hear this a lot, this phrase. I've never told anybody this, but, uh, you know, I was like, oh, here it comes. He said that back in the 70s when he was a teenager, he was in Lambertville, Michigan, which is just over the Ohio border from us. It's probably three, four miles from where we, um, from Joe's house on the Michigan-Ohio border. And he said at the time it was very forested. There wasn't like the developments like there is now, but they were in the woods and they encountered a Bigfoot. And he said that it was him and his buddy and they stopped and they were so frightened. The one kid went catatonic. He couldn't move. So the one, the guy who was telling us the story took off running, was running, thought his buddy was behind him and he wasn't. So he got scared. So he went back. And when he went back, the guy was, or the kid was frozen in place. He could not move. He was absolutely terrified. So he shook him and shook him. And finally the kid came too. And they ran out of there. And he said that kid never, ever talked to him again. And he never heard from him again. And he just didn't know what happened. And he's like, I have never told anybody this story. And I was like, you know, it's not surprising, um, you know, that there's been a lot of reports of them in Ohio, Michigan, um, upper Michigan. Uh, everywhere. Is a Every, big hot spot. Yeah. The, the, only not, the only state in the country they have not been reported in is Hawaii for obvious <laughs> reasons. But yeah. Well, which I mean, even that, I mean, I don't know, which kind of makes you think how far back have they been in America? Because I believe Hawaii was once connected to America, if I'm not sure. mistaken, Yeah, I think, or it might have been connected to Japan. I don't really know how that worked, but I I'm not. I think all the lands were connected at one point. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Pangea. I mean, but so yeah. they had to, they had to evolve. I don't know, because they are all in other countries as well, all over the world, like just different names. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where I could sit here pondering it for hours. But and thank you, Josh. I appreciate you sharing out the feed. Send me an invite. I'll I'll join your group. But um, other so actually, well, good transitioning point because you just said it. You're right next to Michigan, and you're actually pretty <laughs> close to you're close to Wisconsin too. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think about dogmen? You know, I. I... I kind of go back and forth with, with dogmen. I, you know, I, um, I think anything is possible, but I'm kind of on the fence about the dogmen. I really think that the sightings that we see 
could have been maybe wolves because they have been reintroduced into Michigan. Um, they haven't been there for a long, long time. But then I have a friend who um, had a terrifying dogman experience when uh, her and her husband lived in Kentucky. They were, um, he was in the army and they were living in a trailer and they were on their show. So if anybody wants to listen to the story, um, just look up um, Black Swamp Paranormal um, 222. And they had this terrifying experience where there were multiple people in this trailer and the thing was tearing the trailer up. They knew it wasn't a bear. Um, it had the canine snout to it. It wasn't a Bigfoot. It didn't have like the flat face features. It definitely had the canine, but you know, it's who's to say if one paranormal type cryptid is possible and another isn't because if you're a believer you're going to believe in the possibility of anything um exactly. whether it's an elemental or um a cryptid or a spirit or a poltergeist yeah oh and josh answered my question for me by the way uh he says florida was part of africa and he believes hawaii was part of japan okay. so yeah that makes sense to some yeah okay. yeah F florida was connected to africa at one point because that's and then when they when it split apart, it stuck to the United States. But yeah, but but I mean, yeah. See, the thing with Dogman is, and it's one of my favorite. It's one of my top two cryptids, so I had to bring it up always. Mm -hmm. But I've heard so many stories from. Uh, I had D. A. Roberts of the North America Dogman Patrol mm -hmm. on, on on my uh, on here a couple months ago, maybe six months ago now. But and actually, no, it hasn't been that long. But um. And like the stories he tells about being in Wisconsin up at the land between the lakes and yeah. like looking for dogmen, like the stories he tells are just ooh, like spine chilling just to even hear them. Like I could imagine going up there looking for that because that one's got so many stories of murdering people up there. It's not even funny. Like it's just, uh, well, I it's, it's a predatory animal versus where a Bigfoot is isn't very interested in killing and eating humans where a canine that would be part of their diet basically anything you know red-blooded meat yeah exactly i mean me. <laughs> and and if you if you, you said if you if you go if you go to the northern part of land between the lakes there's no roadkill you see no roadkill on the side mm -hmm. of the road you see the, the the forest is absolutely silent all day yeah. every day like mm -hmm. it's something's living there and it's not and like animals are smart enough to stay away from that part of the island so yeah well um know. it's it's interesting too because they have such a keen sense you know they're i'm sure their their senses are way more advanced than ours their sense of hearing their sense of smell they're probably using some kind of infrasound like a tiger would you know they or a moose they could be right next to you, you would never know it exactly oh i mean and they move with from what i've heard i mean i've heard there's two different types of dogmen and there's two different types of bigfoot like different species almost and one bigfoot species is a little aggressive towards humans while the other one is docile the one we all know about yeah as, as far as the dogmen go there's one that was more curious about humans and doesn't really out straight attack them and may try to bluff you and may try to mess with you but it's not going to straight out just attack you but the other one, yeah, the other one's the one you don't want to run into in the middle of the woods right. at any, at any time of the day. <laughs> but They're going to be territorial. They're oh, yeah. going to be predatory, right? They're always looking for a food stores. Um, it's interesting. The very first paranormal convention I went to was a dogman convention in Defiance, Ohio. And hmm. uh, it was fascinating because I was like, I, you know, there was a sighting in Defiance, which is probably... About an hour drive from where I live here in um, Toledo, and um, you know, it, it was it was very. I expected it to be, um, I guess, a little campy or hokey, but it wasn't. It was very scientific based. Um, one of the speakers was uh, Ken Gerhart, who actually uh, came and was at the convention I put on here in Toledo, the Toledo Bigfoot and Paranormal Convention. And uh, he touched a little bit on it um, in his speech, but, you know, just really fascinating how, um, you know, the reports, the sightings, 
you know, trying to mix it in with maybe, you know, some kind of like hybrid of like a dire wolf. Um, Possible. I mean, but yeah. they're intelligent from what I've been told. They're intelligent. Mm -hmm. Hello, Hannah and Nikki. Thank you for watching. Hi, but guys. I, I mean, I don't know. Do to me, dogmen kind of have to exist because I, I always go back to the cave systems. The cave systems on the East Coast, the West Coast, and even mm -hmm. in the Midwest, there are some as well. Like, why wouldn't there be creatures in these caves that live there? Because no human has walked through these caves completely, except for Native Americans hundreds and hundreds of years ago on spiritual journeys. So, and they weren't exactly going to tell the white men, oh, don't go in there. They're probably hoping we go in there. But I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could see Bigfoot clans living in there. I could see dogmen families living in there or dogmen packs, I guess would be the right terminology. But sure. I don't know. It's just, it's hard. Because I, I had, all right, well, put it this way. I had a guest on my show. Like the third guest or fourth guest I had, he was in the army. And okay. one, one of his troop mates was from New Orleans. And they were over in Egypt serving. And he saw a statue of Anubis. And okay. his, troop, his troop mates started freaking the heck hell out, like, like what the hell is that? Like what that? What is that? And they're like, that's a statue of an ancient Egyptian god. And he's like, no. He's like, he's like, I've seen that thing twice in my backyard when I was a kid growing up. Which the Rougarou. <laughs> the Rougarou. Yep. New, right? New Orleans is, is Rougarou country. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Either either there's wild dogs that evolved over time and got smarter and could run on two legs for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know. I mean, is it the possibilities are just endless, and that's that's why I love about dogmen and the amount yeah. of sightings and everything I've heard of. Just, I mean, the Beast of Bray Road to begin with, like that's what got right. me into dogmen is the Beast of Bray Road. But see, mm -hmm. I gotta start going. I gotta start going to these conventions. That's the biggest thing is I don't go you to conventions do. at all. It's amazing because everybody is, you know, really, really um, open-minded. It's not judgmental. I learned so much every time I go to, and I've been to hundreds of conventions. I've vended it from one coast to the other. I always learn something new every time I go um, to a convention. You know, we're always interviewing somebody. Um you know, everybody has a theory. Everybody has um, maybe a little piece of evidence that they want to share. And it's fascinating because, you know, you can look online, but really hearing somebody's firsthand experience, it, it's just amazing. Like, well, that's that's what got me into, that's what got me back into the paranormal like five, six years ago, because I got out of it for a long time. I, I grew up loving it as a kid and I got out of it for years because life got in the way, you know, trying to, trying to find your soulmate and all that got in the way, but, um, and trying to survive in the world, but right. a podcast I came across monsters among us by Derek Hayes. Yeah. Th that got me back into the paranormal hearing people's voices when they tell their own tales of yeah. encounters and hearing the terror in their voices as they're talking about something that happened years or months ago, it's just, mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like, how can you not believe hearing these people talk? Like how could anyone not believe hearing these people talk? I mean, yeah, some of them sound a little made up, but he does a good job of like weeding out the ones that are obviously fake. So sure, yeah. But just... you know, to that to that person, that experience was real to them, right? So you can't you can't discount. Oh, they might be, you know, if that person had that experience, I was, you know, I don't try. I try not to be judgmental, and I try not to be like, oh, I guess crazy's wearing tin foil on his head. But you know, to to that person who had that experience, I don't I don't need a piece of evidence. I don't have to have a carcass or I don't have to have a, a video. If that person is telling me they had that experience and they're, you know, passionate about it or you know, emotional about it, I believe they had that. And you know, it's amazing. Ooh, okay, somebody witnessed a cryptid oh. kangaroo. Oh, they're near the mangroves. Is that is that Florida, Josh? I think it is, but wow, that's cool. And, and you know, I've heard. Yeah, I'm not gonna read all that comment, Josh. Sorry, it's a long one. If people want to read it, they can watch the video. But I, I've heard of kangaroo cryptids. It's a thing, kind of. I mean, it's not. It's like 
the level of frogman lizard man type thing it's not like up to the bigfoot dogman level but it's definitely a thing that exists and i think it i think australia is a big thing for that but i mean but then again you probably are just and yes rob yeah, dog we are we are talking about dogmen and um now he's by werewolves buddy but <laughs> yeah rob wild yeah, I mean, you know we did a we did a show about um you know these legends of black dogs that appear and i actually had an experience here in in a haunted location here in toledo there's a place called the collingwood art center and it was built in the 1800s it was originally in a it was a mansion and then um the gentleman back in you know the early 1800s he lost his fortune sold the mansion to these ursuline nuns where they built this huge convent and it's like five stories tall and it's got you know multiple wings and a giant um there's two theaters like art theaters inside of it we've investigated there many 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 times so we're in the basement and this is where all the activity is and i have a video on on youtube of like something that happened to me in the basement if anybody wants to go see it it's on our um, 222 page on youtube and we were down there and we were seeing these shadow figures and they were moving around um kind of like humanoid and then it morphed into like a dog shape and it was the strangest thing i ever seen in my life i can't even explain it i thought it was like going cuckoo but um you know i mean it's it's very possible that you know who's to say that things aren't manifesting you know like, i mean it's it's funny you're not the first person on my show to talk about black dogs or i think they're mm -hmm. are they called shags or shecks i forget what they're called um, shucks shucks shucks, like shucks S -S that's what it is yeah U yeah s-h-u-c-k or something along that lines shucks yeah sh shucks yeah but but you know we, it we seems got... like they're tied though to religion always they're always tied to places that had ties in religion and mm -hmm. i mean like i had an investigator from the uk on here um waza he and he has a picture of him at this church where supposedly in the 1800s a hellhound or shuck like mm -hmm. actually the paw print is still on the wooden door to this day they left yeah so what why why that legend came about is that when they when a church would create a new cemetery next to the to the church they would always sacrifice a black dog and bury it on the property because they wanted the first spirit or or ghost of that cemetery to be the watchdog for the rest of the spirits so back it started in germany they would sacrifice a black dog and so that's kind of how the legend came about that you know people would see these um black dogs in cemeteries guarding at night i don't know if you've ever heard of this story i got a good one for you here so there's a place in erie pennsylvania called the Ooh. erie cemetery in the Erie Cemetery, they have what they call the Vampire Crypt. So, of course, Joe and I have to go investigate this place, right? So, it is one of the spookiest places you'll ever look. Go look it up. It's called the Erie Vampire Crypt. It's a crypt built in the side of a um, uh, hill in the cemetery. Now, very spooky cemetery. It's got graves going back to the 1700s. There's a witch's circle uh, where apparently some witches have been buried in a circle in the cemetery. But one of the things is people see white dogs roaming the cemetery and sometimes black dogs. And they've seen this dog on top of the earth that's on top of this crypt. Um, Joe and I go there and there's a you know rumor of a lady in a white dress who appears and mm -hmm. so we go there we're standing in front of the crypt we're kind of filming we're talking i look over and there's a lady standing next to me in a white sweater like a long white sweater and i just see her out of the corner of my eye i'm like oh my god the lady in white's here i turn it's an actual lady she wanted to know what we were doing but she scared me because i just see this white lady and a lady in white standing next to me 
kid you not, we're standing there telling this lady what we do. Okay, sorry. I just heard something upstairs. I just heard a scream upstairs. Maybe you guys will catch it. My house is uh, haunted by, by the way. Um, so I heard something. I saw something. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry. Um, so we're standing there talking to this lady, telling her what we do, and then like the legend of this. She didn't know anything about it. These freaking two coyotes come walking up to us. Now, you know, coyotes, if you ever encounter them, they're very mean. They're very aggressive. They will, oh, yeah. they will come after you. These coyotes just walk up to us and we're like, what the heck? You know, we were scared. We were like, are they going to attack us? What's happening? And they just came around and sniffed us and they walked away and then we didn't see them again. It was the weirdest thing. It was so unusual. <laughs> strange stuff so weird but they call it the vampire crypt I was asking because <laughs> there's been deaths associated with this particular crypt back in the early um early 10s or 20s 1910 or 1920 some kids had broken in and stole the finger off a corpse that had a ring on it as kids would do right so the kid goes home. His friends come over. They're like, we want to see this. We want to see this. So the mom's calling up to him upstairs. No answer. The kid's dead. He died after he pulled his finger off the, the ghost or the, the corpse. Um, there was another incident where somebody was... Um, thrown off the top of it. It's, it's really, really interesting and spooky. So if anybody's into that kind of thing, vampires and and uh, local legends and dogmen, check it out. Yeah, check please. I, I, I'll be putting out a link for your podcast in the description of the show, of right. course. Right. And one last thing before we wrap up. Rob has a question. Yeah. Doesn't talk about ghosts annoy them. Doesn't talking about... It, you know what? I always think of it this as this way. What your personality in life is probably going to be your personality in the afterlife. So, you know, if you're angry or, or, um, you know, curmudgeon or grumpy person, you're probably going to be that way in the afterlife. And they probably don't want you to talk about them or annoy them. But like me, I'm all for it. Like, hey, I'm going to be coming visiting everybody after I pass away. I'll be knocking on your door and I'll be hiding your keys and I'll be um, popping out at you. So. I guess it just depends on the person, you know, or, or the spirit or maybe the circumstances of your passing. It's interesting, too, because now we have all this knowledge, right, of, of what we think goes on in the afterlife. And we've had paranormal shows. So, like, when we get to the other side, we we all know that we're going to be, like, freaking our friends out and, and, and come back and saying hello to people or, you know go haunt some place that you used to hang out at oh i i will be that go i'll be that ghost just hanging out in the comic book store all the time like right ooh, i'm just gonna sit here and read all these for the rest of eternity i'm happy with that yay right. but um and we're gonna have to get you guys back on at some point when joe's in place we love to come on i got a million stories i could go on all night <laughs> I, I could listen to them all night but we'll, have to, we'll definitely we'll definitely do it when joe gets a place with better yeah. connection because yeah, sorry I about mean, that. No, no, it's okay. I just I didn't want to bring up like UFOs or aliens without him here because that's oh. his thing. So Oof, he could go on and on. I'm like, oh, I'll I talk about ghosts, Bigfoot, and vampires, and he could talk about aliens and UFOs and star seeds and indigo children, and it'll go on and on. <laughs> Some of my favorite topics right there, and I've had a couple of those in my show. But oh, cool! I love star seeds. It's interesting. Yeah. But. Tell the people where they could find you guys, where they could find your podcast. Promote yep. yourself to the fullest. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, our podcast is the 222 Paranormal Podcast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. If you're into that kind of thing, you can find us on any of the podcast outlets. We're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Libsyn, iTunes, or whatever they call it now, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can get a podcast, you can look us up, or you can just Google us. A lot of times we'll uh, post our show on our Facebook page. You can listen there. 
And, um, you know, we do a weekly show. It comes out every Sunday at 2.22 in the afternoon. It's always a new topic. We only repeated a topic once when I had COVID. So, <laughs> you know, over 350 uh, shows on all different types of um, topics, whatever you're into. You know, we did a great one called The Ghost Ships of the Great Lakes. It's one of my favorite um, stories. Talked a lot about it, the Edmund Fitzgerald. But, you know, there's something for everybody. There's a different topic. Um, so, you know, thank you very much. If you guys check out our podcast, we'd love that. And we love to promote Jeremy's show as well. I know he's got about 90 episodes. I was listening today to uh, as many as I could while I was working. So I really enjoyed your show. Is there 90? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the last time I saw, the last time I was on Apple and I saw a count, it was, uh, or on a uh, good pods and I saw a count it was like 70 something. So that's possible. I, I think you're up to 90 now. <laughs> Woohoo! I gotta make, yeah. I gotta make a big deal when it hits hundred. But you gotta, you gotta catch up with us, right? <laughs> uh, may take a few years, but we'll see. Okay, but cool. and we'll definitely have you guys back on because I just when you mentioned the Great Lakes, I thought of another topic we didn't get to, but I want to get to it sometime. Um, but okay, yeah, for we'll, sure. we'll, I'll tell you after the we go off the air. But um, of course, all my listeners know you can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant as paranormal normal slash maniacal music musings podcast with the s group you can find me on twitter and the gram as that juggalo bastard you can find me on tiktok as that juggalo bastard podcast and you can find me on youtube just by searching paranormal normal where this is streaming and if you're on youtube be sure to subscribe and like and if you're listening on spotify or any other podcatcher subscribe and like please and thank you but until next time, I appreciate everybody that came and watched us, and I appreciate all those that listened to this. And of course, I appreciate Jen and Thank Joe you. for coming on. <laughs> yeah, Joe, really Thank you so much, Joe. When if you hear this someday, hopefully we can get you both back on when you when you're when you could be here. Because <laughs> I want to talk, sure. I want to talk to your folks with you, buddy. So we're going. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, everybody, and all right, guys. Uh,